Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness when in fact it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. So I just wanted to jump in before I share this episode and just share with you similar to what I often do, you know, like having an open heart and an open mind when you're coming into these conversations is really important because, you know, I think that we learn things in a certain way and oftentimes block out different possible ways that things can be done because we're so, we so strongly believe what we believe. And of course, if you have been here for any length of time, you know that I'm always encouraging you to get outside of that box, ask your yourself why you think and believe these things. And in this conversation, you know, there's going to be some topics, there's going to be some ideas that are shared here that at first may have you go, like that goes against my belief system. And maybe they do, but this is the whole point of having conversations. And this is the whole reason why I ask you to come here with an open heart and an open mind. Because um, I think all of the things that we talk about in this conversation are really important. And when it comes to broadening our perspective, when it comes to leaning into life with more of a whole heart, and when it comes to, you know, starting to shift some of these ideas and things that we think that we have figured out, oftentimes we haven't, you know, and so we're introducing some maybe new concepts to some of you. And so I just wanted to preface the conversation by sort of giving you a little bit of an introduction. And um, if I didn't mention it already, there are definitely some F-bombs in this conversation um, run by me who I got really passionate in certain parts of our conversation. And um, it's just part of how a conversation works, right? These are conversations that I'm having that are, they come up Uh, naturally and honestly. They're not, you know, premeditated. I don't come into these conversations with questions. So sometimes it might sound like we're sort of derailing a little bit, but we come back to the point. And um, anyways, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you listen again with an open heart and, um, you know, advocate for yourself because I think it's really important that we lean into doing things differently than we've been taught, um, especially when everything in our body says, hold on a second, there's got to be something more here for me. So I invite you to listen and enjoy the conversation. I'll see you on the other side. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here in my kitchen around the Sunshine Island with Jen Jasper. Interestingly enough, many, 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 many moons ago, Jen worked for me very briefly. Um, and I won't say where because I didn't love it there, but... <laughs> But we worked together very briefly. And what's so cool is that's like, well, that's older than my son ago. So that's like at least 16 or 17 years ago. And um, since lots has happened, and we have just somehow managed to stay in contact. This is the one bonus of social media is that you can stay connected with people. Absolutely. And so we've sort of stayed connected. And um, I was really drawn to Jen's story. Jen's here to share a huge piece of um, her story and some of her experience with us today. And, uh, you know, a lot of it 
it is probably going to seem like, holy shit, like how does this even happen to somebody? Um, I know that that was a lot of my response. And now since knowing a little bit your story, Jen, like I've been hearing other people running into similar things. And so um, I'm really, really so grateful that you're here to chat with us today and sort of just enlighten people, help people see maybe if there's things happening in their own life, maybe they can connect to this message. Uh, maybe they've experienced it themselves um, or they know somebody else who is, and it'll give them a little bit more compassion for what they're experiencing. So, um, so welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yay, me too. <laughs> um, so can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and why you chose to come and talk to me today? Well, first of all, I love you. <laughs> we do have quite the history um, as far as how long we've known each other and keeping in touch over social media. But, you know, distance is there for sure. Um, secondly, I do really like to share my story because of how much it impacted me and how much I do see it impact others. Mm. Um and basically, I am a dog mom. I am a human being that loves to love. And um, I think that I love spreading the word about self-advocacy. Um, I think that we are our own hero and our own story. Mm. And for so many of us, we don't realize that until we have to go through quite um, a journey. And I just love love loving people and loving my life now which if you would have known me five ten years ago um, it was a completely different story. So mm. I like to spread light. Mm, I love that. And I love to do the same. This is probably why we're like almost like soul sisters in a way. Yep. You know, I even remember this feeling this when I met you, whatever, 16, 17 years ago, there was like an instant connection with us. I Absolutely. instantly saw who you really were, you know, and um, you're one of the authentic ones. You know, you show up as you are. And that's what I really love about you. And I'm so glad that you're here to tell parts of your story. And um, you know, I just want to say too, like, it is so easy for us, especially as women to just accept what we get, you know, and not continue to dig and self-advocate for things and to push the limits because we feel like we're being selfish or we feel like we're putting ourselves first and we feel like somehow that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And the truth is it's not. We've just been taught that. And so I'm so glad that you're here to talk about being a self-advocate and um, by sharing some of the story that you've experienced or some of your journey um, really helps to open up that door. So so really, where do we want to start? Like how, how maybe tell the uh, the listeners sort of like, the general gist of kind of like how you came to learn what was going on with you, what was going on mm -hmm. when you sort of started to learn about what was happening with you, you know, some of those yep. things that you started to notice um, that were changing for you. And, and then maybe we can go from there. Does yeah. that sound good? Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly what brought me here today is how truthful you are and how you like to get to the root of what's going on with people. So, um, yeah, I guess if we could just rewind to probably about 2014, I had started a new job, um, loved the job. I was a little bit stressed out in life. I had had some things happen in my past that, um, you know, were so conditioned to just get over things and to move on. Um, so I never worked through any of those things. Um, starting my new job was a constant go, 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 which is how my life had been and how I was, you know, I was raised to always be on the go. And I was a personal trainer since 2004. So I was very fit. You know, I was, I was active. 
Um, I focused on my nutrition and when I started this new job in about a year, I had noticed that I had started to put on unknown weight and I wasn't quite at an age where it could be hormonal, but I also didn't understand the body as deep as I do now. Um, and that kind of rolled into starting to have some brain fog. Um, I had been diagnosed with a fibroid and when I started this particular job it had started growing rapidly where it hadn't actually been growing at all beforehand so there was these things happening um I was having a harder time concentrating I was starting to have anxiety and you know about another year later I was having um snow vision the weight was still coming on I was now having issues with my flexibility and my strength. And then I started things like stuttering, um, having a hard time, honestly, just walking without having drop foot or high steppage gait, which is where your your body kind of responds like you're about to step up on a like to step up on a step, but there's no step there. And it's not your mind thinking that there's a step there. Your body is just literally lifting its foot to step. Um so my co-workers actually thought it was quite cute because, you know, Jen was always running into these imaginary bumps on the floor. Little did I know um, that my office was full of mold inside of the walls of my office. Wow. So I, I didn't know and I got lost in this system and I was doing all of these things and it got to the point where I had to actually take a medical leave. And the medical leave came with a very stressful situation with my employer and a very stressful situation um, within our traditional medicine paradigm. Um, and it took me down this path that I had never dreamed that I would be going through. Um, it took me to a lot of realization, a lot of respect, a lot of gratitude, and as crazy as it might sound, because I literally did almost lose my life, Mm. um, I appreciate what I went through now because I wouldn't be where I am today in the fact that I am so healthy and that my aspect on life has changed drastically. But to put it back down to the mold, we don't get diagnosed with mycotoxicosis through a regular doctor. Um, And that diagnosis came through a naturopathic doctor, which, again, I mean, I thought that I was healthy. You know, Mm. I was a personal trainer. I watched my diet. I thought I knew how the body worked, but I'm not a doctor by no means. Um, but I didn't realize the level of toxicities um, that a body can carry, where it's held, how it's held, where they come from, and then the emotional component. Mm. So this journey has been like, it has been the windiest road ever. Um, It's been so self-reflective of what I've gone through and how I got there. you know, there was times where I would smell something musty in my office, but I was also not in a very good work environment. The job was amazing, but the work environment wasn't healthy. Mm. And again, 
Um, I had lots of stuff going on at home, so I very much felt like it wasn't my time to look for another job. I, you know, I did have some flexibility. I had great pay, but that came at a price. Hmm. That came at a price of A, me literally working 24-7. Like, I remember taking phone calls at 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve um, to also breathing in mycotoxins, which are from mold, and literally almost losing my life. Oh my God, Jen. It's so crazy when you think how an environment can carry something that's so toxic. And what's interesting, and I'm sure what might even be going through the listeners' minds is, was anybody else in the office showing these like symptoms at all? So from my educational standpoint now, I would absolutely say very much yes, yes, yes. Um, there are... There's so many things that I could check off with with coworkers, um, rashes on faces, like, and it, when the heating system kicked on, it was different than the AC. So, like, it was, it was strange in the fact that there were three particular coworkers that I worked with that would not have any type of um, rashes per se or skin conditions when the AC was on or there was no, there was no like, um, HVAC system running. But as soon as that heat came on, they had issues. And I think that this is the thing that people don't understand is that we spend so much time indoors and we're not actually meant to spend the amount of time that we do spend indoors. And not only that, but the way that buildings are now built has created more of an environment for mold growth. Hmm. And I wouldn't know this unless I lived it, but the reality of it is, is mold, when you see mold out, um, you know, outdoor environment, like there's over 600,000 species of mold and fungus in this world. It's meant to be there. It has a role, right? We're, we're supposed to live symbiotically with all of these things. The problem is, is that when mold is actually growing and feeding off of man-made materials, that's when it's toxic. Like there's only a handful of toxic molds, but 80% of buildings, and that number has changed in the last 10 years before it was 50, um, the experts now say that 80% of buildings have mold, they have water damage, um, they're, it's called sick building syndrome for a reason. And that half of those that have water damage have toxic mold. So right now, currently, we're looking at 40% of buildings, homes, that have toxic mold. Wow, that's a striking number. And like, I, I was thinking about like, when I was asking about the office, it's like, I imagine, and we'll get into this, I'm sure a little bit more, but different people show symptoms differently and based on a person's a sensitivity right to things or people's prior experience with things or things that are already lingering lingering in the body or as you already mentioned like the emotional state of us like all of these things are factors with like some people might show more symptoms where somebody else may not show at all and at the end of the day I mean clearly uh, your body was screaming at you <laughs> right that exactly. something was going on yes. um so it just I, I think I just wanted to be sure that our listeners can hear that it's like we all can react to things differently, yep. you know. And uh, so, so what happened next? So you you find out that there's mold and or that you're reacting to this mold. 
So then what? So I actually went on the medical leave before I knew it was mold. So 2014 to 2018, I, I worked there. I took a medical leave um, the beginning of 2018. I was going through the ringer. Um, my dog had been diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, John had been in a major car accident a couple years prior, so he actually had to um, get re-educated and start a new career. There was just a lot going on. Um, my mom was in the early to mid stages of dementia, Alzheimer's, so there was so much going on. And... Um, I really felt like that was the issue and this fibroid that had been growing um, was now massive and unfortunately we had suffered a really bad miscarriage and so all these things were compiling and doctors and specialists were basically telling me it was it was this fibroid and it was my mental health. So I actually didn't get diagnosed until after I had my surgery and nothing changed. So I had this, this watermelon size fibroid, um, removed and nothing changed. My symptoms did not go down. I mean, I recovered amazingly from the surgery, um, but none of my symptoms changed. And at that point I was actually stuttering. I was somewhat speaking backwards. I was having major, major brain fog, like I would have a conversation with somebody and walk away and not remember any of it. Like it was, it was, it was horrendous. And it was after that surgery that I was like, okay, well, something has to give here. Um, seeing a naturopathic doctor, we were, we were looking at adrenal fatigue, um, which it's adrenal fatigue is so common. Again, um, that tends to be a symptom. So symptoms to me are actual, your body giving you alarms. Yeah. Like little flags, like, Oh yeah. Like raising the flag. So for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know what adrenal fatigue is, can you explain that? Um, basically it's your adrenals that are on top of your kidneys that get tuckered out. So, um, that can be from stress. It can be from toxicities. It can be from a bunch of things. But if you, you know, if you're, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling overwhelmed, um, adrenal fatigue is, is common. Um, so we were working on that and candida overgrowth, which candida overgrowth now I know, um, is common with mold toxicity. Um, So candida overgrowth, again, our body has a a certain level of candida, like candida very much has a role in our body. Um, but what ends up happening is when it be, when it overgrows in our body, it can, it can come up in so many different symptoms, brain fog, bloating, um, rashes, like there's, there's a list of, of, um, symptoms for candida. And so my symptoms kind of very much fell within that. And I didn't, I didn't put the money into any, um, external laboratory testing at that time because I, we were, we were really pitching in for Jersey to pull through with, with his lymphoma. And that was a priority for me. And, um, when we lost Jersey, I was like, okay, this is my time. This is my time to get some tests done. So I got some functional tests done. I had been out of that workplace at that point for a year and a half, um, technically still on medical leave, which is a whole other story because <laughs> those are lawsuits and lots of great stuff there. Um, <laughs> maybe that's episode number two yeah, of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I will tell you, I mean, this is the advocacy part when you know you're right, 
and make sure you look at your rights. You fight for yourself because it's very well worth it. And sometimes people just need to be put in their place. And it doesn't matter if it's a really big insurance company mm -hmm, or if it's a past employer. Um, like I didn't go for my surgery because my employer didn't allow me to have the time off. So I could have dealt with all of this years earlier, um, but my employer didn't allow me to have the time off for the surgery. So that's just, you know, just putting it out there. And this also like kind of comes back to that part about like how we're sort of conditioned into accepting, right? Like yeah. thinking that we don't have another option, right? Yeah. Like that's not just you. Yeah. Like I've been in many situations like that, stayed in workplaces way yes. too long, you know, toxic workplaces, toxic relationships, like all those things. It's like we often don't feel like we're deserving of or we feel like we don't have any other options. So we just yes. do what people say to do and we accept it absolutely hmm. I couldn't agree with you more and that's exactly why I'm here today because I want people to know that they do have options and listen life is hard I'm not here to sugarcoat it I'm not to tell you that it's all unicorns because it's not but it's the hard stuff that really actually really puts a spotlight on all the beautiful things that we have in life right and you you have to fight for yourself and I and coming from somebody that literally did not want to be here anymore and did attempt suicide. Mm. Um, I know what rock bottom is like, but I also know that I am nowhere near the only person on this planet that feels this way or has gone through what I've gone through. And I also know that there's people out there that have gone through way worse than I have. Mm. And I think it's so important to know, like your body wants you healthy. Your body wants you happy. And if you believe in a higher power, if you believe in more, whatever that might be, like you are here for a reason. Like you matter. No matter your story, no matter what you're going through, you are so important. Mm. It's so true. And we're worthy just by existing. Absolutely. Mm. And honestly, if it wasn't for my mold exposure, I wouldn't have had a further diagnosis of like, A, the mycotoxins, but the fact that I had Lyme disease, the fact that I had so much going on in my body. And so the diagnosis for me, I didn't want a label. Like I did, it's not that I wanted a label. It just gave me a diagnosis and it empowered me because now, now I had, I, I had a path. I had a plan. Like I knew that I could achieve it. Mm. Well, you knew what to do as a result of knowing what was going exactly. on. Because it's like when you don't know what's happening, how are you supposed to solve the problem yeah. or, or come to some sort of solution? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious too, because you, you've dropped like the, the mold toxicity and Lyme disease. Like, are they related? So they very much go hand in hand in mm. a lot of cases. So when we were talking about um, like it, it, different symptoms showing up, like we are all very much bio-individual. Um, Lyme disease can sit dormant in somebody's body. I never had a bullseye rash. And actually the latest statistic that I've read is like 25% of people with Lyme disease actually get a bullseye rash. Like it's, it's you know, it's, it's a quarter of them. Um, but Lyme can very much sit dormant. It's like this toxic bucket effect. Like everybody has a toxic bucket where you can keep putting that toxicity and whatever that might look like. And included in that is, is emotional, you know, whether it be baggage, things that you haven't gotten over, um, people in your life that are energy vampires. Like there are so many aspects that, that play into our well being, And that's why I now do what I do. Mm. Um, to, so people can understand like what is playing into these roles and how do we keep our toxic bucket from overflowing? Because 
it's like almost every time it, it, some type of toxicity gets put into that bucket, there's a symptom. So there's an alarm going off. But then what happens is when that bucket overflows, like you are at max, like you are, you, you, you are about to crumble. And a lot, a lot of us get to that point because we feel like we just have to keep on pushing through. We have to just keep on doing. And the other aspect of that is, and this may be a very cliche statement, but we are, we think that things are normal because they're common. And that's where we are so wrong. Society has a lot of common things happening, but it doesn't make it normal. Like mm. it's, it, our, our bodies aren't receptive of that. It, mm-hmm. You know, when there's these alarms going off. So, and then there's genetics, right? So that genes do play a bit of a role in it. Like if you have the um, HLA, DR, a genotype, you are more, you have a harder time detoxing toxins. Um, so, you know, in my case, my body has a harder time. So I have to assist my body with that. And there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote biohacking that I ended up getting into hmm. um, to expedite my recovery. Um, you know, my naturopathic doctor, when she looked up my, my lab report, she'd been in practice for 12 years. She actually did her theses on mold toxicity. And she said that she'd had never seen anybody with the levels of, of mitochondria dysfunction and molds and candida that I had. And again, I know people that were worse off than me. Well, but you're right, like in a sense, and I, and I, I don't want to say this is just women, because I think this is North American culture, which is like we, first of all, we emotionals, emotionals, that's a new word, our, our, emotion, like our, our <laughs> emotionals, we push under the rug, yep. right? So yep. we're taught um, or have been taught, and that's come from our ancestry, right? Like, it's not important, we don't deal with it, we just push it under the rug. So we are, we are learning from young children that we, we're not learning how to process our emotions, mm-hmm. and therefore, they're staying in our body. And for anybody listening who's not familiar with that is a very real thing and but in North America we don't talk about these things right we don't talk about the fact that our emotions literally can make us sick so the more stressed we are the more we hold on to our emotions throughout our lives and don't process them the 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 longer that we keep going like that the the worse and worse we get and then all of a sudden it pops up that we're sick and we can't put our finger on what's happened and like doctors generally like I don't want to I'm not I'm not here to like you know poo poo on the doctors Mm -hmm. but like oftentimes they don't know right and they're not connected. And this is part of like, and I'm just going to loop into more recently, I've been introduced to like Gaber Mate's work mm-hmm. and where Gaber Mate yep. is a physician and who basically started watching like all of his patients having these s- similar things happening and or reoccurrences and all these people were getting sick, but there was no solution. And so he's like, why are we feeding these people all these drugs just to like put a bandaid on the problem when the, when the problem is so much deeper than what we're bandaiding and making the connection to the fact that this is physical it is energy it is emotion it is like all these things that are trapped in our body and like I I I have goosebumps just even talking about it because I know this is not mainstream this is not common knowledge this is not something that the average listener here is even going to know about right that we are literally sitting here with energies in our body that if we don't learn how to like get them out they run like vampires in our bodies and and the help and basically break it down over time 
right? That's my understanding. That's sort of like oh, the, I the pristine agree. definition, right? No, I love it. And so I like I'm relating to a lot of what you say in that it's become so much more aware to me. It's like I didn't realize in my life that I my central nervous system has been on fucking fire since I was a kid. Yep. And that it hasn't been I haven't understood, like I've now been burnt out three times in my adult life because I believe in this hustle or believed in this hustle culture of like, go, 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 must do, must do, must do, which I now no longer participate in. But um, it's just fascinating how we just keep doing this autopilot thing that gets us into this place that we don't even understand. And it's not even talked about, which... I just want to say this is why this is called the Say It Out Loud podcast. We could talk about shit that like people you don't talk about, girl. right? Yes. But so I am just here to say like if you're listening to this, you know, there's more than what's inside the box. You know, it's like I always say, okay, if this is the normal way we deal with things, or if this is like the typical definition, ask for more, look for more because there is not one answer for every person. There is not one solution for everybody. And I guarantee you that there is more than what's inside that box. But we're being sold this concept of a box which is typically filled with pharmaceuticals and I won't even go down that path because that is just a terrible like it's a conversation I would like to have someday with a few people in the room but it's not it's not helping us it's hurting us so I I didn't mean to go off on a tangent here but I feel like it's important to talk about some of these things and I'm sure that and I know based on your experience you know that you ran into some of these hurdles like I remember when you were sort of like at the more beginning stages of learning about what was going on with you um and I hope you don't mind us talking about this is like I remember you were angry right like you're pissed. It was, it was a level of anger and that, and, and it's funny because the mold recovery was the primary, which rolled into the emotional recovery. Mm. Um, because the PTSD that I now have around our, our medical system. And again, Christine, I'm not here to bash any, any industry. Um, but like you, you, you're so right on and if it wasn't for alternative if it wasn't for me advocating for myself and digging deeper and doing things like live blood cell analysis bioresonance feedback which I now have in 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 my business um doing things outside of the box I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known like mold was it was a functional lab test my Lyme diagnosis was live blood cell analysis. How did I maintain my energies and my frequencies? Through bioresonance feedback. And my teachings, what I have been taught is that 60% of our physical ailments are emotional. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you straight up from somebody that has been at this for going on five years now, my emotional health is like, it is, it is number one priority and because I have worked on it and I will forever be working on it. Like this is, this isn't, this isn't a game where we, we come to the end and then that's it. Uh-uh. Like you are constantly going to be working on bettering yourself. And, but my emotional health has never, ever, ever been better. And if you were to look at me from a physical slash shallow, and I'm going to say it standpoint, you would think that I probably wasn't as healthy as I was. 15 years ago when I had my four pack and I was super fit and I was at the gym all the time. But I can tell you that that girl, that girl was suffering so badly and I hug her every day. Anytime she pops in my head, I give her the biggest hug, even the little one, because like you said, you didn't realize that your nervous system has been hijacked. I remember the first time I went into fight or flight, I was three. 
I was three. And I can tell you exactly what happened. And that has been, again, if if it weren't for mold, and I know that this sounds crazy to some people, but if it weren't for mold, I wouldn't have gone down this huge journey of learning and self-reflecting and understanding the body and being able to now process all that because I was not allowed to, like most people weren't. It was always suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Or your problem isn't as big as that person's problem. Like Jen, you might have mold, but guess what? She has cancer. So your problem isn't as bad as her problem. Like, I don't know why this is so deep in our culture to like run these comparisons or to like say that you're, you shouldn't feel bad because that person's got it worse. No, it's all relative. Yeah. Right. It, thank you. And that is key. That is so key. It is all relative because sometimes it's, it's, well, not sometimes, most of the time, it's not the actual trauma. It's not the actual event. It's not the thing. It's how your body reacts. So somebody could lose a finger and it could just rock their world where somebody could lose an entire arm and be like, you know what? I got this. It's okay. I'm going to work through this. I'm going to figure it out. Right? It's it's that mindfulness. And like you said, we we are what we were conditioned to be. We were a part of our environment growing up. I don't know if you've ever read Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Great book. Hmm. Um, We are literally sponges to the time that we are seven. Like we're not even classified. It's not even learning. Like we're literally just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. Okay. And another point that he brings up in the book that I love is, you know, when you get in your car and you drive to the grocery store, And then you park your car and like you don't even remember driving, Mm -hmm. which we all do. Like Mm -hmm. we all get somewhere. Autopilot all the way. Autopilot, which is your subconscious, which Mm. we live in 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. So we're actually only aware 5% of the time. So then when we catch our thoughts during that 5% and they're not nice thoughts to yourself, that's 5%. You don't want to know what the 95% is doing. The subconscious is just a repeat of your conscious. Mm-hmm. So you need to change yep. how you talk to yourself, that inner dialogue. And you also need to change how you talk to other people. Mm. And then and, that's where we have choices. Yes. Well, and like, it's interesting because when I learned that about how we run into this autopilot and how we're so unaware of like how we go through the day and that like our routines and how we process things is exactly the same from day to day often. And that these messages are running through our brain. Like we have learned these things throughout our lifetime and they're just running on repeat. We're telling ourselves Mm -hmm. things every day that aren't true about ourselves. Right. And, um, I remember hearing this, this though about the autopilot and I was like, okay, every time I leave work, I'm going to drive a different way home. Mm. because I don't want to run into the fact that I'm doing the exact same thing, the exact same way. Like I want to remember things I want to do. I don't want to challenge myself. And I think like, this is probably why we're so afraid of growth. We're so afraid of doing things differently. We're so afraid of getting outside of our box because we do it so seldomly and it's not encouraged in our society to do things differently. Right. And it's so funny. Like I'm just, I'm relating to what you're saying in maybe a slightly different way, but it's like, you know, all of my life I was told, I I mean, I knew I was different. I knew that I was not like the other people or the other kids and got ridiculed constantly, thought that I wasn't worthy, right? Like never, I didn't use my voice, certainly not in this capacity ever because I never thought that I was good enough or I always doubted what I was doing and I was told that I was saying it wrong or whatever, right? And so, so many of us grow up with all of these ideas about who we are. I remember listening to a podcast and I forget the doctor's name who was saying this, but he said, imagine that when you're a toddler 
or when you're really, really young, you learn the language of your household without anyone teaching you. So imagine you're learning language subconsciously because you're hearing it everywhere you go and every environment you're in. Imagine what else you absorb from the environments that you were in from the time you were a young child. And like, this is what we're talking about, right? It's like, yes. Yes. And that all of that comes together. And it's like, we are kind of all walking around like a big mess. Like, uh, uh, anyway, so let's, okay. And it even goes ancestrally because our parents had their mess that they weren't taught. Right. Right. Like you got to understand where their parents came from. Right. Right. Time of war, time of survival. So and our parents, we learn survival skills from them yes, and they're coming from their very lived experience. Right. right? So it's like, the, the, I think the thing We're I always want to, yes. And the thing is like, I always want to point out is, um, and I've become very aware of this as I've been doing the work that I'm doing is mm-hmm. like our parents for the most part now, maybe excluding some really horrible people out there, but yep. our parents were doing what they knew to do. They yes. were doing the best that they knew or were aware of what to do. Right. So it's so easy for us to fall into this area of like blame, right? We're blaming this person. We're blaming that person. It's all because of all these things that I've experienced when really it was the entire environment. It wasn't really their fault either. Now, is it up to them now to maybe start becoming more aware and like, you know, yeah. maybe shifting gears? Sure. And if they're choosing not to do that, that's a choice. But, but you know, when this was happening and this was like a generation of us, right? Like most of us kids who, who are like, you know, in this generation, we're all a virgin, version of the same thing. Yeah. Right. And like, it's shocking to me. Like I have now, I now have three friends that I know one had, uh, one had a heart condition and passed really quickly. One just recently learned that she has, um, she's actually just had surgery, um, for a cancer tumor. And there's some, and there was a third, I'm forgetting what it is off the top of my head, but they're my age. Yeah. And that these are things that weren't happening unless we were old in an, you know, a previous time. So it's like this whole conversation and I know we're bouncing around a lot. So listener, I know maybe this is hard to follow, (laughs) but it's like, uh, I think this is a natural conversation, right? And so we're going to like have these moments where it's like, Ooh, like, Oh, Ooh, Ooh. Right. So maybe this is triggering something for people as they're listening, but, um, we are, we are, we have so much more ability to care for ourselves. And like you're saying, advocate for ourselves. Yes. Because we all need a lot of healing. You know, we're not broken. No. We just have had lots of stuff go on. We've been taught things and for a really long time, heck, even things outside of our families and culture and institution and government, like it's all part of the influence that we're learning how to be and what's here for us, you know? Hey, I just wanted to share about an event that is coming up soon and I wanted to share it with you because partly I'm co-hosting it, but I also feel like it is such a good time for this kind of event. It is time, ladies, for us to take our time back. It is time to start investing in us and not just pouring everything we have into everyone around us because when our cup is full, we actually have more to give. I'd love to invite you to the Bloom event. This event that I'm co-hosting with three other co-hosts, it's being held at the Hacienda Sarita on March 23rd, 2024. And listen, I know it's for you if you've been feeling this tug in you to do something different or you found yourself in a different stage of life and you're wondering what's next for you, what can you do next, and or you've been sitting on something for a really long time. We're going to all come into a room together, you and the other women that choose to join us, and we're going to start looking at the beliefs and the stories that we've been telling ourselves about why we can't do what our heart calls us to do. 
We're going to share together. We're going to celebrate together. We might even cry together. And it is a full day experience that is going to transform you. You're going to leave this event a different woman. And I'd love for you to join us. Come to the Bloom event on March 23rd and give back to you. Pour into your own cup and, you know, start making steps toward more of what's on your heart. I know it's in you and I know you're capable. And I know that if this invitation has your heart going, ooh, like this sounds like something I want to do, I really, really want you to look further into it. And I'd love for you to join us because if you're feeling like it's a good fit for you, then it is. So I want you to check out more at thebloomevent.com. You can find all of the event details there, including the agenda. And you can read about all of us as co-hosts and what to expect of the day. And I can't wait to see you there to bloom with us. And I think with that evolution and I'll go back to when you had said that you saw the beginning of my journey and how angry I was, Mm. um, that was part of it. I mean, anger is a primary feeling, but then it's got all of these secondary feelings that come off of that. Right. And for me, I was, and I just said this to a friend a week ago. I'm like, you know, I don't even really think I was angry. I think I was bitter. Mm. I was bitter and disappointed. I was disappointed in the lack of support that I got from people that I thought would be there. You know, I had a dear friend of mine that basically told me, I don't know how to support you. If you had cancer, I could. So basically I'm out. And it was like 20 year friendship, like just gone. And, and I know you bring this up in your podcast too. There's that grief. And that was another underlying, my anger had so much grief in it because I had, I, my world was already shrinking before the pandemic. And I think that this is the other thing that probably brought out anger at that point is when the pandemic hit and everybody was like in their home, I was like, everybody's getting this support, meaning that we're, they're all on the same page. They're all stuck at home. And we're going through this very, very traumatic thing in life on a global scale. But now people on, are uh, like able to somewhat understand when somebody has a chronic illness, what it's like, because mm. I had been chronically at home for two years at that point, And my world shrunk. People, people didn't come over. Like I had lime and mold. I didn't have, I didn't have friends coming over, giving me lasagna or offering to take me to a treatment. And the anger that I had at the medical system was, was also very, very extreme. And coming through that on the other end, I now realized that like, I have no right to be angry at the people in my life or I choose not. Let's put it that way. I choose not to be. And whether that's a professional in my life that I shot that I thought should have given me answers or a friend that should have offered me support or a family that should have, you know, had my back. The reality of it is, is they can only meet me where they're at. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to professionals, they, they, they can only, they can, they can only go off of what they've been taught and And what what they understand and their understanding. So you got to go up, you know, that that's an institutional issue. Right. And we could get into levels about that when Mm. it comes to education or whatever have you. But that also made me release so much frustration because I was like, you know what? Like they're just human. 
Well, because we can't control how other people are going to show up or how yep. they're going to show up exactly. or if they can show up, right? So like, it's not about the blame game. And I think Mm-mm. that's what we're so conditioned to do, right? Is like blame. It's like somebody else's fault. And you know, and one, it takes the burden off of it us. It does. Yeah. Right. But without us doing the work. Yes. And what's what a word that you mentioned uh, several times as you were describing these people in your life who weren't giving you what you needed, that they should have shown up and they should have, should, should have, should, should have, is this word should, that we have this expectation that other people are going to do all these things for us. But really when it boils down to it, although this is not a sexy thing, yeah. is that we're here and doing this alone. We have independent work to do. Yes. Right. And so we can't rely on others all the time. You know what is amazing when you have great people in your life and there's reciprocation and you're there for each other and can support each other and people can meet you with where you're at. But most people don't have that capacity. Most people don't even know what to do with somebody who's struggling with something, right? They can't, or maybe their their own mental or emotional capacity is at a place that they can't handle it, right? So I think that there's this, again, I think it's all coming down to awareness. It's like opening up our hearts to go, okay, you know what? This person's really going through a hard thing. I can say to them, you know what? I don't know how to support you in this. That's okay. You you don't have to know. Right. And for us to not take it personally when people walk away from us because they just they don't know what to do. Right. So anyways, I just felt like. No, it's it's the truth. It's it is very much the truth. And I think when you get to a point where, you know, and it may sound silly to people, but if you can vibrate in in the space of love, which is the highest frequency, like if you can try to be there in in most of your moments you actually get to a point where you don't even need an answer. I mean, yes, as a human being, I would I would love for somebody to say, listen, Jen, I don't know how to support you. Please tell me. But that also takes work in itself. And I'm not here to judge anybody on their journey, but I'm also not here to hold on to any um, any negative emotion anymore. So if, if I have had somebody in my past just walk away without saying, hey, I do want to be here. I'm really confused. Don't know how to support you. Or I have too much on my own plate, which I would have loved to have heard. But if they have just walking away, that, that is, that's also okay. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is okay because we are all on our own journey, mm. you know, and who are, who are we to judge? Mm-hmm. The most important thing you can do is to work on yourself. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's just getting, getting to the root. And, it, and even, even if that might not be the stage that you're at right now. Right. And that's the other thing is I'm not, I, I would never judge anybody on them making the decisions that they're making. My big thing is, is I just, I don't, I don't invite people into my life, um, that are going to quite frankly, create harm or, you know, bring negativity in. Um, and I, and I say that again with love because I, I am a rock solid friend and I want to be there for you through your heart stuff. Absolutely. And I, I am, a, I'm a realist at the end of the day. I know we all have our shit. We absolutely do. Um, but I will say that when when things are a constant struggle and you're always trying to pick up the pieces or if something just doesn't feel right, which we also have ignored forever, is that feeling, that inner knowing, it's not meant for you. And that's okay because it's only going to make room for something better because mm. I am so blessed with the relationships I have in my life now. And if I would have, if you would have gone back to, you know, 15 years ago and I would have told you about the people that were going to be coming into my life, I would have been, yeah, right. Like, I don't want to hang out with them. Like, what is that? Or like, you know, that type of person or, or that activity, but we do change all the time. And mm. 
a really big part of all of this journey for me was the lesson. Like what was the lesson from that thing, that event, that person? I don't believe everything happens for a reason because I think that there's just simply too much tragedy. Like I just, it, it, that's a whole other subject. But I do believe that there is a lesson if we look hard enough. And that is the self-reflection that we were never taught to do. Mm-hmm. It's true. And when you're in hustle culture, you are way too busy. You're way too busy to self-reflect. And I can look back and I can see where... I didn't want to. I was scared of me. Mm. I was scared of me. I was scared. I was scared to get quiet in my mind. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. I think that's really honest, Jen. Like, I think that's a that's a place that a lot of people sit, and we're afraid. Like, okay, well, if I if I if I do go there, like, what are people going to think if I change? Mm. Or what are people? What am I going to do with change? Like, you know, it's funny. Um, this year, I'm going to be talking and exposing a lot more of like my history and what's happened. Right? How how my experiences have formed who I am and the lessons mm-hmm. that I learned. I've learned from all those experiences, and um, you know, a really big part of that is exactly this. It's like for a long time I pushed it down because I first of all didn't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's becoming more. I'm not going to say mainstream, but it's becoming more um, talked about. It's, it's less taboo to talk about like going through your healing process. Like you hear about it a lot. And maybe it's just cause I know that I know what I look at and I invite more information about like what I look at. So I see it all the time. Um, and I know it's really new for a lot of people, but that, that healing component, healing the little child in ourselves who didn't learn how to feel the feelings, who felt shame for feeling anger, frustration, getting mad, feeling sad, like wanting to cry and being told that they can't, you know, to suck it up and you know like we think about all these things like you know it's like and every time we're in a room it's like you're talking about you know people in relationships and it's like if we're in a room we're at the mall you're at the store like wherever you are it's like people's energy literally latches onto you and you carry not only your energy and your response to things but their energy and their response to things so it's like if we don't have a way which again this is not a mainstream thing mm-hmm. but if we don't have a way of like calming ourselves down and calming our minds and settling our hearts a little bit at the end of every day or at the beginning of every day all of that stuff is staying with us you know and it's causing us to be sick and um and I really don't. I love that you're so in that space. I absolutely love it. That's called quantum entanglement. Mm. Like that is basically. Interesting. I didn't know there was a term for yes. that. Yeah. Yes. It's called quantum entanglement. So it's basically the energies being entangled with who you're with. And it's learning how to block and shield. Mm. Right? And I actually think that this is a big, um, like, I don't really mean to keep going off on these tangents, no. but I feel like they're kind of important as they come up. It's like, um, I've noticed certainly with me, and we were talking briefly before we started chatting on the podcast that, you know, it's like, I have always been a really social person and have found since the pandemic, I'm very selective about how I spend my energy and where I put my energy with other people. And I feel like unknowingly, a lot of other people are doing the same thing, right? You mm-hmm. talk to people and they're like, oh, I used to be really social. I don't go out anymore. Or like, you know, I found myself kind of hermiting and I'm like, it's because we don't want, we're now unconscious. I think for a lot of people are recognizing that the situations that they used to put themselves into were actually harmful. And it's like your body is telling you, don't bother because it's not good for you. Maybe you don't know why it's happening. Maybe you don't know why you're doing it. Maybe you're not super conscious of the reasons, but like that's your, that's your instinct. That's your intuition saying, you know what? (laughs) I could do without all of that because you know, it's like if you're leaving situations or people or things and you don't feel good, that's an indicate. It's a symptom. That's a flag. It's like, this is not for me. 
you know? You got it. You so have it. So and we didn't listen. No. And we felt obligated. And we were told just to go and just to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it was that, that it's that people pleasing, oh, right? It's and it's also, it's, it's, that's where, that's where we got our validation, mm. right? And, yes. and, and, and then when you start going within, you realize that your validation also comes from within. And the person that you need to be pleasing is you. And that it's okay to want to feel good. And it's okay to pick up on bad vibes and be like, okay, that person's not for me. Because not everybody is for us. That's why we're so different. But that quantum entanglement, girl, like that is that is huge. And I forced myself to stay in the absolute worst situations, my ex, the first date that I went out on with him, I was like, no, no, no. But I was at, I was in my early thirties and I was like, I really just want to settle down. And he had a nice family. Like there was just so many. And and I look back and I think why, but again, we can't beat ourselves up over it. It just, mm. it's just that, that realization it's opening up our eyes to like, what, it, what is, what is truth? And how do you, how do you want to travel through this life right now? Well, right? and I think too, like, again, like in that situation, girl, I mean, a lot of my stories are coming out this year. So like, that's a big piece yeah. of what I'm going to talk about, yeah. but is that like, we did not learn how to love ourselves. Yes. And because we did not learn how to love ourselves or manage our emotions, we were like left wide open and we accepted what we got. We do. We continue to do this all the time. We accept the job. We don't take a job because it fits what we want. We take a job because it's what's available and we're willing to like morph ourselves to fit into it just to get it. And then we wonder why we're so fucking miserable. It's because we're not doing what we're meant to to be doing here. We're, yeah. we're, we're taking what we want and we're twisting it around so much that it doesn't feel good for us anymore. And our bodies are telling us, but we're not listening. Yes. And a big piece of that puzzle is also the social aspect of it, right? Cause you have to have the car, you have to have the house, you have to have the things, right? So we're also doing that hustle to make sure that everybody knows that we're doing good because the scale of success is all materialistic things, right? It's that conversation. Like I know 10 years ago, it was, when I would meet somebody, it was always like, hey, how are you? What's your name? What do you do for a living? That was like always the second or third question out of my mouth. Now, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit what you do. I want to know about your soul. I want to know about your hobbies. I want to know what makes your engine rev. Oh my God. It is like talking to a mirror right now. Because I often will say, you know, often comes up in conversation. I'm like, the things that we do for a living are the least interesting things about us. Mm. It's just what we do. And most of us aren't doing what we love. So why is it even a topic of conversation? Because we're competing to see who's doing it better. Yes. Right. And it's like, we're, we're constantly, we've been taught to constantly climb this ladder of success and achievement. And if we're not achieving, then we're not successful. And if we don't have the money, we're not successful. And we, we've been sold alive. Talked about this a lot. It's like, you know, we're, we're not here to just simply produce, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I have a couple of friends and they're a little younger than I am. And, um, like one of them is like, I can't sit down. Like I can't sit down and just do nothing. Like I feel like I have to be kept busy and I'm like oh I remember feeling like that I remember feeling guilt by sitting down for the, on the couch for a few minutes between cleaning chores you know and thinking like oh my god I'm sitting down I'm being lazy like this is conditioning 
And now that I think about it, I look back and I'm like, holy shit, like I was wound up like a fucking toy because I was always doing these things that I, I always thought that I wasn't worthy of or I always thought that I had to do more. It's like all this productivity. When, when productivity, we're not here just to simply produce things. What's so interesting about how this conversation is going in the direction that I did not actually expect that it was entirely going to go in this direction, but I'm so glad that it did because and I'm sure some people listening are like, what the fuck are they even talking about? Um, which is totally fine. And maybe, right. uh, But I, but it's so connected, you know, and you are, I are not sitting here as physicians. We're not mental health professionals. Like, you know what, for a living? Yeah, sure. I'm a coach. I help women find themselves and become more true to who they truly are and not what the world expects them to be. Right. Like that's the work that I'm doing in the world. But it's like, so I'm not, you know, like by, by a, by a degree or with letters beside my name, able to sit here and call these things out, maybe the way that we're calling them out. But at the same time, do we really need that? Like our instincts have told us one thing, our bodies have been telling us all along that we're pushing against something and we're caught, we're causing this resistance in our own lives and we can't figure it out. Like, and I, well, I think that we are kind of figuring it out, right? And this mm-hmm. conversation alone is just bringing it to the surface. It's like our, we're so our bodies are so smart they want you like they want you healthy like there's there is a balance a a thousand percent yeah but like it makes sense that like you know we're not taught this but that 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 our physical health is directly connected to our mental health and is directly connected with our emotional health and if we're not working on all of those things it's going to cause like something's going to creep up right it's all integrated yeah it's all connected so so to like kind of like wrap up the aspect of in the sense of, you know, we were talking about, you know, that you discovered that you were toxic with mold, you discovered that you had Lyme disease. And then we've, you know, we've gone into like the mental health aspect, but I would love to bring it back for people. Like how many different professionals did you have to see to get different testing to, to self-advocate and to go down that road to find out exactly what was going on? And, and how did you come to like, what was part of, and I know you can't describe all of it Mm -hmm. because a personal journey is very individual and it's time and it's practice, but like how you went from finally stepping on the right path of, you know, your path to becoming healthier, not only for your body, but was intrinsically connected to your emotional and your, you know, well, I think the one thing I will say that I've always done is, is as I've always been a learner, so I've always wanted to learn when something has come into my life, and it, it could be anything, right? So, um, like, I, when I went to college, I went to college for business, and I got out of college, and I, I fell into fitness, and then I went to school to be a personal trainer, because I, I never imagined falling into fitness, because I was that, I was that kid that was very much bullied for being overweight. My parents moved me out to the country, um, into a house full of mold Mm. and I could go on about my symptoms as a kid. I wasn't classified as a sick kid, meaning I wasn't in the hospital. Um, but the reflection I now have when it comes to toxicities in the body, I, I now know why I went through what I went through. Um, as far as the weight gain and then why, why, when I moved out of my parents' house, I rapidly lost weight. Um, Hmm. so it's, it's all of those little pieces that I can now put together. But when I finally got the diagnosis, it was probably about, mm, I'm going to say realistically, it was eight years of knowing that I had like estrogen dominance issues, but I really the real focus of me going downhill to the point of, of, of my mental health being at 
at the bottom, I mean, it couldn't have gotten much worse, was about a four and a half year period. And um, in that time frame, um, we were, it, it's hard for me because I, we were at a fertility clinic as well. So, um, you know, fertility was undiagnosed. They could, all of our testing always came back fabulous. Um, I was seeing, I, I was seeing my general practitioner. I was seeing mental health professionals. I had gone to a specialist for arthritis, just trying to think of all the places that I had gone but it was so sporadic because again the fertility was kind of at the forefront with that um but at the end of the day there was there was no answers the majority of it was put on my mental health Hmm. which makes me very very sad because my mental health was horrible absolutely it was but now I know why Hmm. right and I'm very very fortunate in the fact that I I ended up falling into a team of really great care providers um, that were doctors. You know, I ended up having a psychologist that was absolutely amazing. Um, I was seeing her before my diagnosis. And again, nobody knows everything, right? So she was just what I needed at that time, but my mind wasn't working properly. So the funny thing about me seeing her was that I, I had so many takeaways that I could look back and it, it was a lot more impactful down the road. And mm. I think, again, that's, you know, that's part of what we go through. Um, well, it's like picking up little building blocks. Yes. It's like puzzle pieces. Yes, a thousand and percent. And as, as frustrating as that can feel almost in the moment, because you're like, just give me the answers. I just want to know. Yep. It's like, it, it has to come like that. Yep. I mean, we're not taught that, but yeah. it has to come like that. We don't get all the answers in one piece. Yeah. When yeah. we're ready for them, we hear them. Yeah. And we could hear the same thing five years down the road and hear it totally different yeah. than we did yeah. five years ago. Yeah. So it was probably about, I'd say about 10 professionals, which isn't a lot. And I say it, it will is a lot, but when now with what I do and, and the amount of people that I speak with that have gone, that, that are impacted by environmental illness, um, I know that my number is actually quite small in hmm. comparison to other people. Um, you know, everybody, everybody's impacted differently. I, I left my moldy workplace and I had, we had actually, I, we had moved to before my diagnosis where a lot of people, when it is mold in their home, their entire life flips upside down because they either have to get their home remediated or they have to move. Um, but it was when I, a found my naturopathic doctor, um, my psychologist at the time, again, was amazing. Um, osteopath was also very helpful. But me, like I said, I like to learn. I went back to school. So um, I did a certified intuitive course under a local medium. So I had a, a spiritual training for a year and a half that mm-hmm. was pretty intense. Um, I went back as a holistic health coach so I can incorporate my personal training into actual getting to root causes like holistically. Um, I started my therapeutic nutritional counselor. Um, So I've been dabbling in that. um, But through my journey, I also picked up bioresonance feedback. So I've gone back to school for basically like quantum medicine. So it's put me down this path of of greatness, like great things. Um, and, and all of this has also given me a lot of support for my, my personal journey. Like, you know, losing my mom, I've been losing, I've me myself, I've been losing my mom for 12 years. Mm. I knew something was going on with her that long ago. Um, 
being diagnosed. It's been, it's, oh, it's, it's the, we're in the ninth year. And again, I think because of the knowledge base that I have, that I've been able to collect and I know I forever will be. And I definitely, I take breaks because it's one of those things where I really do honor myself. And I, and I, and I know when I'm, when I'm doing too much and I need to take a step back and then I do, I mean, I find joy in learning, don't get me wrong, but I also find joy in being silly and being crafty and all these other things. And these are, this is the other part of all of this is I didn't, I didn't honor myself and give myself the time or actually even believe in myself. Like I, I didn't believe in myself that I could create things with my hands that are, that are beautiful, you know, where now that was part of my journey because I was on the couch so much that I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pick up crochet. And then next thing you know, I'm like making these little pretty pieces, you know, it's just this, this overwhelming factor of getting to a place and being able to look back at what you've gone through and, and knowing that it was with purpose. Mm. And the other part of my journey when it comes to the spiritual factor, there is there is a bit of me that that does truly believe that this this path is somewhat intentional. Mm. There are, are lessons that we need to learn. And if you believe that there is more than just this life, sometimes this time around we're learning because we didn't learn the last time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is so fascinating, Jen. And it's been really cool to have this conversation. I feel like we've just like cracked the door open a little bit. So I really feel like we need to have you come back another time so we can continue the conversation. (laughs) Um, Because I'm sure number one, there are probably gonna be some people listening to this that are like, oh, yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm on the same page. And then other people are like, what that this is breaking my brain. What are you talking about? Right? Because it's not this is not the kind of conversation that everyone's used to having. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I truly believe that that we're that we're here here to learn how to heal ourselves and then in whatever way that we learn and whatever lessons that we learn we're here to help others do similar things right and find the other people that need the guidance and the support and the help mm-hmm. to help them overcome right it's like we didn't have the know-how the skills the tools the possible um we don't even know what the options were to self-heal right we didn't know what those even looked like and so now that we're learning them and we're we're literally parenting and teaching other people to learn the same things and not because of force, not because of anything, but it's like, and I'm sure it's the same with you. You know, it's like when I talk to women, I'm like, well, here's what I do and here's how I help. They're like, oh my God, I could totally use that. I'm like, okay, then you're probably my kind of person, right? I could talk to another woman and she's like, oh, that's nice, dear. You know, like, so, and I I know who I'm, who I'm, who's along with me and who's not. And it's interesting because a big piece of all of this is like, you know, we're afraid to show up as who we really are. We're Mm -hmm. afraid to like, you know, go through and like figure out what those emotions are and how we're feeling and process things and remove things and you know choose our people and choose our jobs and all of these things but at the end of the day we're all afraid of judgment we're all afraid of what other people are going to think because we're doing this whole comparison game all the time and like you know trying to beat the joneses basically right and it's kind of for me it's i even know i can share that you know for me it's taken a long time to go you know christine it's okay to talk about how you have completely shifted your identity it's okay to talk about that People don't talk about it because, you know, it's not mainstream again. It's not a no. common thing. And most and there's people shame avoid. around it. Absolutely. There's right? shame around it. But it's like going through all the motions. It's like, again, this is a big piece of what will come out this year is like yeah. what that identity shift for me has been and sort of like how I kind of came to it. But like at first, like even this whole last year, as much as I've been doing this work, 
I was really afraid to use my voice and share about it. I'm so glad that you're not. Right? <laughs> and so, but here I am. It's like, yep. oh no, but everything is a stepping. And it, you know, it's like we have this weird expectation that it's like we're going to choose to do something differently and we're going to magically have all the pieces. It's everything that's going to fit into place and boom, everything's done. We don't have to worry about yeah, it no. again. And like I and my my clients here say this all the time, the women in my community, that's like everything is a practice. Yep. Like we are not here for perfection. It's not possible. It's not real. That is an animation flick. You know, that is perfection in whatever, whatever that is. But we are not perfect. We will not ever be perfect. We are always here for practicing. We're always learning. We're constantly evolving. And if we're opening ourselves to it there's so there's so much for us out there and there's so much opportunity to help others along the way one of my mentor says don't lose the good searching for perfection Mm. and I love that because we do like you said you're you're constantly searching for perfection and you think that the thing is just going to show up and that's just not real life and the other thing you mentioned too was the stepping stones society feels like those stepping stones are are you giving up Mm. so like if you leave one job to go to the next oh they can't hold a job right no that's not how it goes it it it, I'm actually respecting myself and I'm growing and I'm evolving Mm. so and honoring who you are and going oh you know what this isn't right for me I'm gonna go on I'm gonna try something else it's like I often joke it's like if anyone looks at my resume they must be like how the fuck did you go from this to that to this to that because I'm an experimenter right I'm an experiential learner you and I are very similar people I feel like I'm like honestly I'm talking to my sister (laughs) right now I really do because you know what I just started a a part-time job that's a whole other story but I literally I said to one of the girls that I work with I'm like oh you probably think I'm crazy because every time something comes up I'm like oh yeah I used to do that yeah I dessert chef yeah I was a personal trainer (laughs) yeah I was I was I, I was a service advisor oh yeah like it was just but you know what hey if it if you get into something good for you for trying good for you for trying to figure it out and then realizing that it wasn't for you and loving yourself enough to be like okay bye-bye because there's always there's always other things out there but the key is is there's always better too yeah well and I think it's that it's that failure like we're we're programmed to fear failure and that failure means bad and failure Mm -hmm. doesn't mean bad it means that you're trying something different it means you're getting out of that comfort box right it means that you're evolving you're growing and um there's so much beauty in that and um oh my gosh Jen we could talk forever (laughs) and um so I I would really love to have you come back another time but before you leave here today I would love for you to tell people, you know, first of all, um, what it is that you're doing in the world, like, and how you can help others if they're experiencing or know somebody who's experiencing similar things, um, and how people can find you to learn more, to follow along with your journey and, and find you. I would love to share. Yes. Um, so I actually started my mold journey on Instagram and Facebook as an accountability piece for myself because when I got diagnosed, I had to make some really, really big lifestyle changes. And I also wanted to shout from the rooftop that I was sick with something that I didn't know that could make you sick Mm. or how much it actually affected the world. (laughs) So, um, you can find me at my mold journey. Um, with that being said, I briefly did explain my evolution going back to school. So, um, 
you could have found find me as fit to be fit for years in Cambridge. I did have a fitness studio there, um, but I have rebranded, and it is simply Jennifer Wellness, and my name is spelled differently. It's J E N I P H E R. Um, but Jennifer Wellness, which you can be redirected on Instagram if you go there. You can find me at jenniferwellness.com. And I'm basically an intuitive wellness guide, um, meaning that I use all the tools that I have been blessed to achieve over the last couple years. And I use those to coach people. Um, so I find usually people get to me about the time where they're not getting any answers. Um, they're feeling let down. Um, they're tired. They want changes and they don't, they don't know where to go. So, um, with that, I do offer bioresonance feedback, which is an amazing tool, uh, for it offers frequencies of figuring out and determining what is out of balance in the body. Mm. Um, it helps optimize the body, getting things back in balance. And what doesn't achieve balance from frequencies, we work on lifestyle things. But again, not a doctor. Um, I don't diagnose anybody. I work very much with teams. So oftentimes people will come see me as their coach and they have a doctor, a naturopathic doctor. They have their things. Um, I'm a big believer in in team. Mm. So... Yeah. Well, so, and, and you're like, uh, you're also like a cheerleader, right? Like, and you're an advocate, like you're helping people recognize that, Hey, it could be this thing or it could be that thing, or here's something yeah. else we can look at. And like having somebody on your side, cause there's nothing like going through things like this. Like I imagine like all the turmoil you experience and all the people in your path that left and, you know, going through all of those struggles, like often when we're struggling, the people that really want to be in our support, um, you know, they show themselves really quickly and those that, that can't, or for whatever reason like we've already discussed can't um but in addition to that it's like um oh my god I just like totally lost the train of thought where I was going with That's that okay. but but where was I going with that oh my god this happens from time to time I blame perimenopause but it could be something stuck <laughs> maybe I'll have to come and take this test that you have to offer but I don't well, know I brought I it with that. me oh you did I did I oh. figured well I'm 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 a guest on your podcast you could be a guest on with my biofeedback. Oh, so. that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to record it while we do it. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe I'll share that later. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know what I was going to say, but it has been such an honor to have you here to chat with and to learn more about your journey and to see how far you've come. Like, I I could feel your energy back in that time when you just were dis discovering some of oh. these things, you know? Yeah. And I could feel the pain and hurt. You know, I could feel all of that through you. And now being in your presence and being with you today, like, I just what what an incredible evolution you've come through um Thank you've always you. been a really beautiful person like inside and out but this is like this is like another level of Jen, you know, and it's really beautiful to see. So I thank you. That. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your kind words. And thank you for being an advocate and being so authentic. You are honestly, you're a powerful woman and I love being here. Oh, well, I loved having you here. And for anybody who wants to catch all that information that Jen left about how she can support you or how you can follow along, I will be putting all of those in the show notes, which are just under the description of the podcast episode so that you can go and find her. And of course you can DM me anytime on socials to find that. But I really appreciate you listening and opening your mind. I always ask you to open your heart and your mind and take in information that might be foreign to you, might be new to you. It might sound off
off the wall to you. But here's the thing. Most of these things are not talked about because they're not mainstream. And the reason that we have these conversations is so we can say the things out loud and start talking about the things that no one's talking about because we're done hiding. We're done pretending. And um, this has been an incredible conversation to bring things to the surface. And I hope it's helped you in some way. Go on and have yourself an amazing day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the follow button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you liked this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show, ask me about group or one-on-one joy and mindset coaching, learn more about the Joy Project community, or consider hiring me for your next speaking engagement, please visit itsmechristined.ca. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.